0: is a menace. yeah building a dynasty some of the finest things promise you you won't regret it
1: What is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast brought to you by the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskin pod on twitter or search the hashtag tppn and before you guys continue listening to this episode pause really quick give us a rate and review we would really appreciate it on any of your favorite podcasting apps it is monday july 18th and we've got nothing really newsworthy so, gentlemen, how was your weekend? How has your Monday been going?
2: We had a hell of a rainstorm this weekend. Uh, luckily, it happened on Sunday because Friday and Saturday I was reliving uh, my hair metal youth. I went and saw Stephen Piercy a Brat, um, Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, uh, Tom Keifer, a Cinderella, rocking it out over theo, picked out Palooza, and I had a hell of a time. And then we also were getting the boys ready. For their 4 H state fair programs, where they were two of four people voted as, uh, or no, they were their 4 H county fair projects done, and they were two of four people at the Franklin County Fair that were voted as state fair alternates. So both of them killed their projects. One, uh, the older one, did an automotive project, and the uh, 11 year old built a 4 H math game. With a little carrying case where he got to use a router and a nail gun and a chop saw. Um, it was all very cool. I'm very proud of both boys.
3: Meanwhile, I, I did work and then tried to squeeze in some naps in between work.
1: Yeah, I did a whole lot of nothing. So I was. Uh...
3: Dennis did enough for all three of us, I think. Well, and
2: then it my,
1: like it, sure. I, my Debbie draft
2: started, my first ever Debbie, rookie Debbie draft. And I, I had three first-round rookie picks. I took over an orphan. I'm very new to Debbie. I'll be honest. I don't feel like I have any idea what I'm doing. Um, and so when it comes to Debbie, um, my team is kind of uh, Big Ten heavy. So I, the team I took over already had Bijan Robinson, whom I'm aware of. And Caleb Williams, whom I'm aware of, uh, and Sean Tucker, whom I became aware of. So I was in. I felt like I was in pretty good shape with that that group there. I ended up. Uh, I felt like I needed to get the pipeline filled with my quarterback position, and I had the 101 or 104, 107, uh, and one. Uh, what well, yeah, the 104 and 107 Debbie picks and I ended up trading my 110 rookie pick in Caleb Williams to the guy that had the 101 Debbie pick so I could draft CJ Stroud. I'm I get it I'm a homer cuz I then drafted Marvin Harrison Jr with my 104. Um it is what it is. I'll put those jerseys up behind me here shortly.
1: Sorry, um someone with I don't even know who this this is um, someone with the twins organization just retweeted the show asking how we got Sean McVay on there we <laughs> got like 15k followers so I'll you know I'll we'll take any pub we can get anyways we are talking about uh, the NFC North today we've got the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings and we're going to start with the Packers who finished last year with a 13-4 record and lost in the divisional round. Their key departures: Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders, Marquez Valdez-Scantling goes to the Chiefs, and Zadarius Smith to the Vikings. They added Sammy Watkins, and in the draft they added two key wide receivers in Christian Watson out of North Dakota State and Romeo Dubs out of Nevada. Matt. Obviously, the big question this offseason and going into this year for the Packers is going to be what is going to happen with Rodgers with no more Devontae Adams? Do we think Rodgers will be able to continue to perform where he has the past couple of years? And is Alan Lazard the easy just step up replacement for Adams now that he is gone?
3: Well, Alan Lazard is probably the best option at wide receiver right now, but I. You know, if you're talking about replacing Devontae Adams, probably not. Um, I think it's going to be more of a committee. Uh, We've seen Sammy Watkins at times contribute places. We saw Randall Cobb contribute some last year. Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, they're saying nice things about them. Um, You know, hopefully they'll be nice contributors. There's still persistent rumors they may go get Will Fuller. We've seen Robert Tunyon uh, add some stuff at times. I wouldn't be surprised if one of their best receivers is actually Aaron Jones. Um, And if we don't see more times where both running backs are on the field and Jones gets slotted out. I think Rodgers is going to be fine, but I don't know if he finishes where he's finished the last couple of years. I dropped him down a little bit. I think Matt LaFleur wants to be able to run the ball a lot anyway. Uh, that seemed to be where they've been tracking based on their draft picks of running backs and H-backs and tight ends uh, as skill position players the last few years. Um, and I I just, Devontae Adams is an incredibly special player. Nothing they brought in is appears to be Devontae Adams at this point in time. I think it's going to be a little bit of a different offense for the Packers.
2: I mean, you can't even like take apart from each of the four receivers that the Packers have and put like one part, the best part of each one, and come up with Devontae Adams. Uh, You know, Lazard is the highest ranked uh, wide receiver right now. He's going off the board at wide receiver 48 on Sleeper ADP as of July 13th. Um, But then you got Watson at 53, um, Sammy Watkins at 75 romeo dubs at 95. uh i'm not even sure where amari rogers is he wasn't on our on our list so i
3: forgot he was on the team
2: the the bet i mean the best of them is literally barely going off the board at a wide receiver four Uh, i do think that it could be problematic for rogers he is gonna have to elevate uh the receivers and Right now, he's Rogers is coming off at QB twelve after finishing his QB six last year. I, I just don't know if he can lift that many that many players. It's gonna you know we're, we we talk about Kansas City and how they're gonna have to spread the ball around this year with Tyreek Hill gone. It's even more so in in uh, Green Bay, and I don't have any idea. You know, who's going to be the lottery ticket each week? It's going to be a gamble.
1: I I know it does seem like Alan Lazard, at least for most of the community, is just kind of been propped up as the guy who's going to step up for Devontae Adams. And I do think he will. I think he's a very good wide receiver. We've seen over the past couple seasons. Aaron Rodgers has gone to bat for him multiple times. I do think that matters. We've seen that that really matters, the connection he has with that wide receiver. Now, he's not Devontae Adams in a skill set or route running way, but if he gets targeted the way Devontae Adams did, that may, at the end of the day, matter. Or it's not going to may. It will matter for fantasy because volume matters in fantasy. Volume is king. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a top 12 wide receiver, where I think that's like the floor for Devontae Adams most year, right? The floor, it, I I would say top floor is top five, but whatever, you want to go top 12 is the floor for Adams, but I do think he can finish as like a wide receiver 15 to 20, which is massive value from what you're getting him at right now wide receiver 48, and I think a lot of people are just, they don't know what to think. It, this is a very weird year. Typically, we go in and we think Green Bay is going to be competing for the division. you got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Devontae Adams, you've got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, good defense. Like this is going to be a good team. This just feels like a really weird year for the Green Bay Packers. But I am still in on Lazard. Outside of him, at least for this year, there's nobody else I want. Like if you're talking redraft, I, I've just I've seen it too much with Sammy Watkins. I don't want anything to do with him. I'm sure he's going to have a couple games. I would be fine taking him in the late rounds in a best ball. Draft, uh, where was it? He's going off the board. It's like wide receiver near 75. I'm fine with that because he's probably going to win you a couple weeks in best ball, he's going to get you two or three probably weeks of really high end scoring. Probably put your team over the top again at wide receiver 75. I'm really intrigued to see what Tanyan can do in this office. Now, he tore his ACL late, but he was very good for one year, and was getting targeted heavily before he got hurt. I wonder if he can come back and then kind of still be the same thing for this offense, him and Lazard. He is a tight end that I would also be willing to take a bet on tight end 20 because if he has those touchdowns and is targeted in the red zone that year that he was, I think he jumped up to like tight end eight that season. He's going to be a guy who can clearly outproduce his ADP. But like outside of those two, I really don't want any of the other guys on this offense. I will say, or I'm sorry, at the receiving core. Romeo dubs doesn't treat me in dynasty. Not this year, but in dynasty leagues, I do think he can be Marquez Valdez Scantling, but with better hands. And so I'm very now. Granted, this is assuming Roger stays and plays for a couple more years. But I, I think he's actually going to be the rookie for this team, not Christian Watson. Even though they took Christian Watson earlier, uh, do either one of you guys have any preference on the rookies for dynasty? Again, assuming Aaron Rodgers sticks around for a couple more years.
2: You know, I've drafted a couple shares of Watson just because of where I was in the draft, and I I didn't like anybody else better, and I couldn't just couldn't get a deal done to move back. Uh, and I've drafted a couple shares of of Romeo Dubs um, later, and I felt much better about them. But I don't know that I that we're counting on. You know, we're we're hoping we're not relying on. Them to develop. We're hoping one of them does. Um, you know, I did find on Sleepers ADP, Randall Cobb is going at wide receiver 97, and Amari Rogers at wide receiver 101. Now that's six of them. I expect probably one of them isn't going to make the team. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure a wide receiver breaks 100 targets this year.
3: I mean, they might keep all those receivers just because you don't know, you know, because they're going to be mixing and matching. And also a few of those guys have had real checkered. Even Lazard has had a checkered history with injuries. Um, I do agree that with where they're going in rookie drafts, I'm more intrigued with Romeo Dubs. Uh, I just feel like christian watson has steadily risen over this offseason, especially as green bay hasn't really done anything and i've seen him go like middle of the first i'm just not there um and so dubs you know you're still getting him down deeper i don't even mind wide receiver 95 for this season if you're going to take a shot on somebody at the end of the bench because reports have been that he's looked pretty good and i actually heard the snippet of aaron Rodgers talking about his receivers on pat mcafee and he said some nice things about christian watson but i was more intrigued with the way he went in depth with romeo dubs i'm not uh, buying into torre because he couldn't even remember that dude's name mm-hmm. he just said oh and the receiver we got like in the seventh round he was good too i was like nope
0: nope
1: well that's interesting that he talked up dubs i did uh, i did not see that but that is um Again, I, I do think he's going to end up being the, the better long-term play there for the receivers. Dennis, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were both good plays in 2021. Do you think that continues now into 2022?
2: I think so. I mean, you saw A.J. Dillon's working out. Did you see him truck that
1: mascot at the baseball game? Um, yeah, it's I- a bit unfair. I really actually felt <laughs> bad for the mascot.
3: What uh, were they going for with that, by the way? What ma oh, you're going to just line your mascot up against a professional oh, football player? That's what that James. Seems... poor,
1: poor mascot. Have you seen that stuff like mascots take each, out, each other out Wait, all the time? Is this like a like minor
3: league baseball and... game or yeah? Well, yeah, I think yeah. So.
1: Um, you know,
2: it could be that they use uh, uh, Aaron Jones in an Alvin Kamara type of role, and he gets a lot of pass uh, passing targets. Uh, I like both Jones and Dylan. I I feel like Dylan takes the lead in the running game this year, probably 225 to 250 carries, and Jones ends up uh, a little, probably you know 125, 150. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if Jones leads the team in targets uh, this year because we've seen team we we've seen New Orleans do it with Alvin Kamara, we've seen Carolina do it with Christian McCaffrey uh Barkley's rookie year, he caught 90 passes. So we, we've seen teams really feature good pass-catching running backs. So I, I like both of them uh, at at their values right now. Aaron Jones at, in a PPR at running back 13, that's probably good. I think A.J. Dillon at running back 26 is the better value. I feel like Dillon is, is poised to be top 15.
3: Yeah, I like them both. I'm maybe not as bullish on Dylan as you. I don't know if he'll seed as many carries as you, but when you said you didn't think anyone for the Packers would get 100 targets, I think if if I was betting on anyone to get 100 targets, it would be um, Aaron Jones. I think he's probably the most dynamic offensive playmaker they have left in this offense. Lazard has been a decent receiver at times doing stuff, but you don't really think of him as an incredibly dynamic playmaker. I don't know that they have any incredibly dynamic playmakers in the receiving core, but Aaron Jones is that kind of difference maker, a guy who scored four touchdowns in a game, doing it a whole bunch of different ways. And I think he's going to become a focal point of the offense. I I like him uh, and I like Dylan. I I think he's shown that he can help um, shoulder the load I think his ADP is pretty good. I actually think Aaron Jones might go back to finishing um, in the top half of the top ten again because he'll probably be featured heavily in the red zone. He still was their kind of primary red zone back before, and I think you you know that's a place, especially that Aaron Rodgers is looking for people he trusts when he's putting the ball out somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I still believe in Aaron Jones as well, I, and I think you are going to get some. Um value on the RB13 that he's going as and I'm sure some of that is because he's getting on the older side. And I believe the Packers can get out of this contract after this year. So maybe there's some concern about what his long-term you know destination maybe. Maybe he stays with Green Bay, maybe he moves on somewhere else. But I do think I kind of agree with Matt here on Aaron Jones. He could probably get back up to like RB5, this year, just based on the volume he might see with AJ Dillon because of the concerns in the passing game. And they're not afraid to throw him the ball. We've seen that many times. And I, I, I wonder how good, if that defense will be as good as it has been. A.J. Dillon, though, I do think is a, is a pretty good value as well at RB26. I don't know if he gets up to RB15, but I do think he will be a RB2. Maybe up to like RB18 to 20, because I do think that he will get a fair amount of rushing yards and he will get some... Uh, receiving work as well So I am I have a question for you Yeah.
2: So with Dylan going as RB26 Directly in front of him uh, AJ uh, Elijah Mitchell, are you taking Mitchell or Dylan? I'll take Mitchell um, Mitchell or J.K. Dobbins Or excuse Wait. me, Dylan or J.K. Dobbins? Dobbins Dobbins uh, Dylan or jo- Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. I think I'll take Jacobs, too. Uh, Dylan or Travis Etienne? Oh, Dylan.
3: <sighs> yeah. Dylan. It's not Dylan. So uh,
2: Dylan or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Dylan. Dylan or David Montgomery? Montgomery. So. I don't care.
1: Dylan, I guess. I don't I don't have a preference on that one. Those,
2: Those are three. all the guys going
1: directly in front of him in descending order. So I
2: mean,
3: Travis yeah. CTN's way too high.
1: Yeah. I mean it's the camp videos, he right? He's been running against air and catching balls, so he's gonna have a magnificent season. But we'll talk about that when we get to the Jaguars. Yeah, I, I do think that he can outproduce that twenty six <laughs> though as well. Is and I feel like if you have Aaron Jones too, you are not gonna likely be able to if you wanted to. Uh, back him up as like a handcuff you're likely not going to be able to because someone's going to draft Dylan just for his sole fantasy value alone and try and grab him as their RV too and and I would do that as well just with how good he could be Aaron Rodgers I know we all kind of mentioned it there just a little bit Uh, does anybody think he falls outside the top 12 this year with the concerns about the receiving game and anything and everything
3: yes I'm at 16 right now
1: that's low. You know, I I haven't
2: look at uh, all the
3: passing, pass friendly offenses and guys that have put Rogers doesn't typically give you that rushing upside.
1: Yeah, but he didn't last year, and he's still a guy. He was QB whatever Dennis said earlier five.
3: Devontae so, Adams last year yeah. saw one hundred sixty nine targets, caught one hundred twenty three passes for fifteen fifty three and eleven touchdowns. That could be their entire pass offense this year.
2: So, who do you think will finish ahead of him? Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers?
3: Carr. I'd still
1: put Rodgers ahead. He's just too efficient. Like, I, we've seen him be fantasy relevant even without Devontae Adams because of injuries. Like, I, I just, I can't. Maybe I, maybe I trust him too much, but he's just so efficient with his touchdowns and, and interceptions that I feel like he's still going to find some way to get somebody the ball.
3: This might also be. It'll be curious to see how we're answering the next question, which is about the over-under, because it might be that I think the backers are going to take a bigger step back than you do.
2: So Aaron Rodgers or Trey Lance? No. Rodgers. I
3: refuse to entertain that.
1: Yeah, I'm so worried about Lance. Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? Cousins. Rodgers.
3: Rams offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, and Irv Smith plus K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne might be better than any receiver that the Packers have, if we're being honest. Aaron
2: Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence? Rodgers. Rodgers.
1: I mean, I'm trying to figure out who you have ahead of him.
3: Uh, Me?
0: Well,
1: Matt's answered almost everybody about Rodgers so far.
3: Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Tua Tug of Oil, Loa, Kirk Cousins, and Matt Ryan. See, I wouldn't
1: have Ryan to uh cousins car Brady's close to me where'd you have Brady at? uh Brady's 10 10 so that's right around the range I'd have him so that that's that feels fair I, not, I also don't believe in some of those offenses the way that you do I feel like wrong, but. Carr could carr could be ahead of him
2: just because if he does what Rogers did with Devontae Adams Andy's got Waller Andy's got Renfro I feel like it and carr, the scheme yeah, Carr Josh
3: McDaniels wants to throw. I don't think Matt LaFleur ever wanted to throw.
2: And then I think Cousins could be ahead of him because you know, he's uh, he's set up with uh oh, Zimmer gone. You no, know, I don't I don't know about Tua. I as much as I love Tua coming out, I I know they gave him a lot of weapons, I just uh I, I get a little nervous. Matt so Ryan, I, think, I just don't know that Ryan has enough weapons to move ahead of him.
3: The thing that's helped Rodgers a little bit has been incredible efficiency thanks to some pretty big playmakers. I'm not saying Rodgers is efficient, but I don't, you know, we just talked about our concerns about that receiving core. If it was, if Trevor Lawrence I'm not that impressed by who the Jaguars signed, but I would take Christian Kirk over anyone that they have in Green Bay right now. Unless something substantially changes for Green Bay. I mean, when we did the positional rankings, all of us had trouble thinking Green Bay was, that would be better than 15th in their own conference. I have trouble believing that if you were going by talent alone, they'd be higher than 30 overall.
1: Well, again, I think a lot of that goes back to we we don't know what Lazard is. We don't know that he won't be. And if he is even halfway decent, because all we know is Devontae Adams. If, if we're all being honest, nobody else has really stepped up out on that offense outside of Devontae Adams. If Alan Lazard can just be a decent wide receiver, that's going to give Rogers someone that he can be efficient with because we've seen him make guys – fantasy relevant that I didn't even know existed and played football like we've seen him be able to make mediocre wide receivers good so if if Lazard is good I would argue Rodgers has a chance to make him close to great again volume being king and if he's efficient with Lazard we Lazard's a big dude too like I always think of Lazard and think he's a smaller guy he's not he's a big dude if you get Tanya in bag I think while you don't have that Secure Like, you know, Devontae Adams is when he gets in the red zone, if they get in the red zone five times. He's likely open four of them. Like Devontae Adams is just that damn good of a route runner. But now he has two possible viable targets in Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. Again, when he comes back, because we don't know. He did tear his ACL late. He may not even be back to start the season. But if both those guys are there, it's not the trash can or the trash pile that was there outside of Devontae Adams. Like we saw Lazard step up at times. With Devontae Adams and have good games, so I think that's just the biggest fear. Is we just we don't really know what Lazard's going to be as the one, which is I I do feel like that is a legitimate concern because he was playing opposite of Devontae Adams. You would you would think getting probably better matchups and everything, where well, that probably goes away now with him being the one in that offense.
3: So he played 15 games last year. Lazard did. How many targets do you think he saw? That look.
1: Oh, I'm sure not many if Devontae Adams got 160 or something, as you said.
3: He saw 60 targets and caught 40 passes for 513 yards. Right, He did manage eight touchdowns, which boosted him up. But 60 was his career high. I mean, he played 16 games in 2019 only saw 52 targets. Even if he jumped up 30 or 35 targets, he'd still be shy of 100. And I still don't know where that exactly puts them.
1: So I don't love the vacated targets arguments because there's so many different factors that play into that, but they just lost 160 something. As you guys oh, mentioned, to Adams
3: plus Mark as scaling yeah. had 55. I mean, they, they vacated like 300 targets uh, the, out of their passing game.
1: The one thing with that offense that I think is, is why I may, and again, I clearly based on what you just said about the over under, we're probably very different. What we think the Packers are going to be this year. While I'm a little bit more bullish on Lazard. I don't expect him to be Devontae Adams, and he's not going to get 160 targets like Devontae Adams did. But you're also not going to get 100 plus targets when Devontae Adams is getting close to 200 every single season. So there is only room to go up in the target area for Lazard because he's going to be now, in my opinion, and I don't have any, I didn't go back and look at this, but I'm sure if you went back and looked at it, every single year, Pro- Rogers probably has one wide receiver that he hyper targets. Because that's just the kind of quarterback that he is. He's not afraid to fit the ball in the tight windows, and he can. He can put that ball almost anywhere he wants on the field. I've said before, I'll say again, he's the best passer I've ever seen play the game. That includes Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady.
3: Post well, Jordy Nelson, he was pretty locked on to one target, but I actually went all the way back and looked. And when he had Nelson, Adams, and Cobb, it was a pretty even distribution. And I remember
1: mean, that was back, too, when Jordy was in his heyday. I mean, those were the days you could get Jordy as, like, a top 10 wide receiver. And I want to say it was probably back when Cobb was pretty good, too, if I'm remembering correctly. So he hasn't had that, though, right? Like, that's what we were just talking about. With Devontae Adams, like, his best wide receiver has probably been Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, I mean, no offense to, to MVS, is not that great. So I think that's – and that's what we're arguing about here, too. Or not arguing, but that's what we're talking about here, right? It's like – If Lazard is even a decent wide receiver, like they have really nobody else behind him because I don't think either one of those rookies are going to be able to step up. Randall Cobb's in the twilight of his career. I personally don't think Amari Rogers was that good to begin with. I don't think he's going to be that good now. So they have nobody. So it's it's going to be a very intriguing thing to see what happens with this offense. I think Lazard can be good enough to keep Rodgers in the top 12. Him paired with Aaron Jones getting receiving work and Robert Tunyon. But that brings us to the big question here. As Matt has already hinted at, he thinks they might take a step back. They won 13 games last season. They're over under. Matt is at 11. Can Matt Lafleur and the Packers do it again?
3: I think they'll have a decent season. I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I have them under. I, I have them at 10 and seven.
2: That's where if if I were picking one loss right now, 10 and seven is where I'm at too. I'm picking the under. Ah.
3: Uh.
1: I feel like 11 is the number, which sucks. I wish they would have gone 11.5 so that I could take the under. So I'm going to take the over because all it takes is one game here or there. But I really feel like 11 is probably the amount of wins I would give them this season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKingsportsbook.com. We've got a ton of Major League Baseball games going on right now. Golf, MMA, and more with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Everything and anything you need to get money. DraftKingsSportsBook.com is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet and get up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Download the DraftKingsSportsBook app.com. And again, use promo code T-P-P-N at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That is 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Arizona, one 800 522 4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888 789 7777, or visit ccpgorg chat in Connecticut, 1 800 bets off in Indiana, 1 877 770 stop, or 7867 in Louisiana, 8 hope, New York, or text hope, New York, 467 369 in New York, or visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call, text the Tennessee Red Line, 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee, or 1 88 532 3500 in Virginia. 21 and up, or 18 and up in Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana. Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York. Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New customers, only minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com sportsbook for details. The Minnesota Vikings finished second in the NFC North last year with an 8-9 record. Their key departures were Tyler Conklin to the Jets and Xavier Smith to the Panthers. They brought in their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, as Matt mentioned earlier, from the Rams offense. And Zadarius Smith, the linebacker, their key rookie ads was Ty Chandler, uh, the running back. Dennis, Mike Zimmer is now gone. Will this offense finally cut it loose? If it does, what does this mean for Kirk Cousins and the passing game? I feel like
2: Kirk is primed for a career year. He's got three really good receivers and Irv Smith. Dalvin Cook, who's a good pass catching back. Um, I don't think Adam Thielen is done by any stretch. K.J. Osborne showed he could stretch, step up last year. And Justin Jefferson as well. Justin Jefferson. Um, so I I feel like it's going to be a, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Kirk finishes QB seven or eight. Even this, he, he's primed, you know, it's tough to say, oh, well, he's bringing the Rams offense or they're bringing, you know, yes, they work there and they're going to incorporate things. Every coach thinks they're smarter than the coach they worked for. So O'Connell's going to try to do some things of his own uh, and he's got a lot of weapons. I think Dalvin Cook is better than any Rams running back since Todd Gurley before he injured his knee. So they're going to run Dalvin Cook. Now Dalvin Cook also misses a couple games a year, and Alex Madison kind of steps up. Um, I, if I had to, to bet, I think this is going to be uh, a career year for Kirk, but I think the primary beneficiaries are going to be the other players outside of Jefferson. I don't think Jefferson drops. I think he kind of stays equal to where he is. But I think the other guys kind of rise up a
3: little bit. Yeah, I think Cousins has done well there. I I don't know if I think he takes a substantial step up. I like him uh, where he is on his ADP. I agree about Justin Jefferson. He's great, but there's not a ton of value there. I think Thelon's probably a little low for where right now he's going as wide receiver 39. I still think, you know, you have low end wide receiver 2, high end wide receiver 3. Um, potential there. I like Osborne, what he brings. The biggest question for me is Irv Smith. Uh, it feels almost like where we were at a few years ago with Hunter Henry, who got drafted onto the Chargers, who had Gates. And he kind of had to split the split time, and when it was finally going to be his season, he gets injured before it starts. That's what happened to Irv Smith last year. Kyle Rudolph was gone. It's Irv Smith's time, and then he gets injured and knocked out. I think we still don't really know. He was kind of the third guy in that big three tight end class with Hawkinson and Fant. We've seen those guys do really well. We'll be curious about Irv Smith. It I'll be curious how much they're going to try to incorporate the tight end. It didn't seem like. Uh, The tight end was a huge part of what Minnesota was doing last year. And as we've seen, if they kind of do a Rams system, Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett, when they've been there, have had moments where they've had good games, but they haven't been overall consistent. And I think a lot of people are excited that this is, you know, Irv Smith rolling into a top 12 season. I'm not as sold on that. Um, But I, I still like the value of feeling of all those pieces out there just because, Wide receiver 39 feels a little low for his potential.
1: I feel like I'm the opposite of you. Like I'm all in on Justin Jefferson, and obviously we saw Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods until he got injured, then Odell. Uh, when he came in, both of those guys were fantasy viable for the most part, especially Odell down the back end there. We know Kevin O'Connell's coming from that offense. We expect them to run some kind of offense like that. We've seen all the reports, Justin Jefferson. I believe Dalvin Cook talking about, hey, they're opening the offense up more. It's it's out of the Stone Age. I don't know. Adam Thielen, the past couple years, I feel like he's just been relegated almost to like a red zone guy. Like he's gotten a lot of touchdowns. He hasn't done a lot in between the 20s, and I kind of feel like that's going to continue. I think that could be where K.J. Osborne maybe steps up. Matt, as you just mentioned a minute ago, would possibly be the best wide receiver on the Packers. But if that's the case, and it's Osborne between the 20s, but then Thielen down in the red zone, I, I feel like both those two may cannibalize each other a little bit, where Justin Jefferson, we know, is going to be rock solid. I, I do agree that that's probably a value, though, for Thielen at wide receiver 39. I mean, that does feel low, especially if he gets you 8, 9, 10 touchdowns. He's probably going to vault himself over that 39 spot and, and bring you back some kind of value. But he's not a guy that I'm actively targeting. I feel like if maybe he falls to, if he falls down and he's like wide receiver 45, 46, five, forty six, I'm like, okay, I'll finally take a shot on him. Especially in dynasty leagues because he, I, I, he's, I feel like he's on his last leg. Like he's not going to be here much longer. And in redraft, I think I'd rather just take a shot on some younger guys. With so, like, I'd probably take a shot on KJ Osborne. I don't even know where his his ADP is currently. at, but I feel like he's a guy who wide receiver seventy wide receiver 70. So I mean he's going way behind Thielen. Like I'd probably just take a shot on him because yeah I do think he's got some big playability. I mean he was pretty good at times in the fantasy playoffs last year. I started him a couple times down the stretch. Like I feel like he's a guy with that with that boom uh possibility in his game that he's got a better chance to produce than Adam Thielen. I mean, Matt just mentioned it a little bit there, Dennis, on on can Irv Smith finally deliver. Uh, He's been very, very hyped since coming out as a rookie out of Alabama, Um, was an offensive guy. Maybe it was just him going into that Minnesota offense. We know that the way they used to use those tight ends, and we kind of think, hey, Irv Smith, he's got this athleticism, good hands. He's finally going to take that step up. Got injured last year. Is he a tight end that you're willing to bet on? I mean, he's going off the board as tight end seventeen. That's a, in a very interesting area. And we've talked about guys recently when we do in the AFC North, a Hayden Hurst, who's going behind him. I think I'd rather take, just talk about Robert Tunyon. I think I'd rather take him over Irv Smith as well. But where do you sit with Irv Smith? You know,
2: it's it's a challenge because when you, you look at the numbers, so K.J. Osborne had 82 targets with nine starts. He played all 17 games. Thielen missed Four games and he had 95 targets and I think Thielen missed a major part of two uh, two of those games he started. So where do, where does that leave Irv? So at tight end 17 going off the board at pick 142. That's what 14th round, late 13th round, mid 14th, somewhere in there. I think that's a that's a good spot to take a shot on a tight end. But if you're picking Irv there, that means you probably didn't grab one of the top five tight ends. And so you're looking for two tight ends. So maybe you can stream them or three tight ends just to kind of build out your roster. And you're hoping somebody gets hot or establishes uh, some kind of a a role. I do think that the possibility is there uh, in this new offense. If they run it like the Rams, then you're going to have three wide receivers on the field. And I could see Jefferson with his 160 targets and Thielen with 100, 120 targets and Osborne with 95 targets. And that's going to leave a little bit of room for Herb, but I don't know that he'll deliver on that tight end 17. And, you know, he's only like 6'2", 240. He's not, he's not a big tight end. He's a willing blocker, an able blocker, but he's not a great blocker, and so there is some concern that he does, you know, he does leave the field when they're they know they're running the ball. They bring in one of the bigger tight ends. Um, I'd be a little bit nervous at at tight end, but at tight end seventeen, it's not a huge gamble. You've already either. You're picking two or three tight ends if you're there, like I said, or you have drafted a, uh, a one of the, the more higher end tight ends and you're just grabbing a fill in it, the, a backup.
3: Maybe you take him, Higby, and Hurst and you inevitably start the wrong one every week.
1: That sounds like something I would do in my draft league. So. Sounds like
3: something you're preparing to do
1: it might be no i will definitely pass on herb Smith. definitely taking a shot on her this year as we've talked about but i am passing on herb smith as of now he's just a. Uh, I i think he's at that point where i've got to see it before i believe it. If, if i miss out on it and I'm, I'm kind of fine with it there's other tight ends that i think i'd rather take a shot on at this point matt how do we feel about dalvin cook this year and if you have him are you picking up alexander madison as a handcuff
3: yeah, I think Madison's proven to be one of the reliable guys where if you have Cook, it's not bad to go back and scoop uh, scoop up Madison. Dennis is right. Cook's great when he's out there, but it seems like he misses a game or two um, every season, and then you're, you're usually happy that you have Madison. I'm looking forward to, to Cook having another decent season. He's a three-down three running back. Um, I think that you guys are right that he fits – You know, if you're looking at that Rams system, he's the best running back to get into that system since they had a Todd Gurley. So he should be pretty solid. I have him easily in the top ten.
2: No, Dalvin just signed a contract extension uh, a couple years ago. They do have an out after the 2022 season. They can get out for about $6.2 million. Um, But I think Madison's contract is up as well. So – you know, do they keep Dalvin around at, at 14, 15 million a year um, and then let Goodson or Kenny Nwangu step up and be the backup and let Alexander Madison walk? Or do you think they get out of the Dalvin Cook business after 2022 and maybe re-sign Madison, who's going to be cheaper? Uh, I, I've listened to some guys like John Hansen who, who say that he, he thinks the Vikings really like Goodson. I know... Burning, you weren't terribly sold on him coming out of college. And I'm not the, uh, a huge fan. I don't, I don't roster any shares across 21 uh, dynasty leagues, if that tells you anything.
1: Yeah, I, I do not think that Tyler Goodson could handle the full workload. I also would be very surprised if they win. You let- don't think he's good, son? i don't uh i think he's i think he's decent that but was bad son yeah that i don't uh i don't think he's a guy that could really handle the wait a minute tyler goodson is he with the Minnesota vikings i'm trying to i yeah,
3: feel like that's mean? i feel I like ty, that's ty chandler's who they ty oh. Chandler's, oh, is ty yeah. Chandler. okay i was about to Chandler. say i was trying
1: to think about that for a minute I like i think up. goodson goodson's with the packers isn't he like that's what i was trying to I was trying to think over. I was getting very confused. Yeah. Ty Chandler. Yes.
2: Oh, it is Chandler. Damn it. Um, so
1: right, I do that. pivoting to Ty Chandler. I, I do think Ty Chandler is not is a good running back. I, I will say the same thing though. I don't know that he, he's not going to be able to handle a Dalvin cook type role, but I do think he could be like a one, a one B type thing where, where he could be handling some of the workload and them kind of pair him with some of which we've seen a lot of NFL teams go to. So I don't want to say that's a knock on Ty Chandler. I would. What I was gonna say is, be very surprised if they let Dalvin Cook go and then decide to pay Alexander Madison.
0: Yeah.
1: No offense, to Alexander Madison, but I feel like we overrate how well he does when when Dalvin Cook is out. He's not quite as good. He well, has. But they're moment. not gonna
2: pay him Dalvin Cook money either.
1: True, but I don't think that. I think you just hold on to Dalvin Cook at that point if he's not showing any signs of slowing down. Especially Minnesota is expect, expecting to compete. I just don't know why. You, you're not going to be able to pay Madison $3 million a year. You're going to have to pay him probably close to 6 $7, 8000000 Why not just hold on to Dalvin Cook? I
3: but don't isn't that also kind of why it feels like that's why they drafted Kenei Nwongu and Ty Chandler is because Madison's contract will expire and then they'll have a, a different kind of handcuffed back
1: I don't think any of those guys are good enough to be the starting running backs though. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where we see a lot of teams do this. They draft these running backs and hope, right. That one of them could like they probably drafted Ty Chandler hoping like, well, Hey, maybe if he shows us something, he can be a starting running back. Does anybody here think Kane, I I don't know how to say his last time. We're no we're gonna call, sure. Can he be the starting running back for the Minnesota vices? I don't think so. Like, can he be good for a fill in role at times? Absolutely. Do I think he's the starting running back for an NFL team? No, I do not. So I think that's the issue, and they're not, if we expect them to be a good team and possibly a playoff team, well, they can probably still draft a running back in the second round. There's a decent enough amount of running backs in the draft. Like, I just, I think pivoting off Dalvin Cook and going to a lesser player is probably not what they do, especially if they do plan on continuing to compete. That's just my opinion. I would continue to hold on to Dalvin Cook. I do expect him to be good this fantasy season, and then we'll see what happens. He's He has missed games, but it's only been a couple games like every single year outside of the beginning of his career where he had torn ACL. Like It's not like he misses six, seven games every year. It's typically two to three, which is not a massive deal at the end of the day. All right, let's talk about this episode. To be
3: clear, I didn't mean that they thought Ty Chandler would be the guy. I meant they have Dalvin Cook to be the guy, and they've just drafted backup handcuffs because they're going to let Madison go.
1: Yeah, that's what I think, too. That's what I was about to ask. So, like, do you guys – you have to take either ors on the Vikings roster next year, Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison. I think it's easily Cook. Cook. I, I don't think Madison's there. I think the think good, the gooder player. Yeah, I, I think – And then we'll Madison see if out.
3: Madison gets a chance somewhere else to see what he can be.
1: Which I wouldn't be surprised. Again, he's shown flashes. I just – I don't think that they would – pivot off cook to go to madison i think i mean there's just probably
3: looking at the landscape there's plenty of teams where he actually could be a starter yeah this now.
1: the the turnover at running back after this year could be very intriguing which mm-hmm. i think is why a lot of people are so excited about this 2023 rookie class because there's uh, i think there's like one really really good running back and then a bunch of question marks but that's just me i know a lot of people don't necessarily agree with that uh, it's gonna be very intriguing to see what happens this college season if any of those guys can boost their stock up How do we feel, though, about the Vikings over-under? The team won eight games last year. Uh, We have their over-under sitting at nine wins. Do they go over-under? And if you have the over, do you also have them making the playoffs, Matt?
3: I think nine's a really good number. Um, They have a decently tough schedule. I still basically like them. I think they will end up making the playoffs, but I think they're probably a nine- or ten-win team. Uh, and they're competing with Green Bay for that. I don't think they go. I don't think they finish under 500. So it, you know, push would be exactly the record I had projected when I went and looked. But I will go a slight over because I think they're more likely to be at ten than they are at eight.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with Matt there. I think if if they are going to, uh, if they're if they're sitting at, you know, nine and seven, I feel like, or nine and uh nine and six. I feel like they'll win nine and seven. I feel like they win that tenth game. Um I, I don't know. I, I, I think their offense is gonna be a uh, be be I don't know substantial is probably too big a word, but it, it's not gonna be just a little better. I think it's gonna be better. Um and that'll help the defense too. So I think I'd give them the 10
1: to 11 wins there. I think I'm going to take the slide over. I do think they get to 10. I don't know if they make the playoffs. And the one thing on this offense is they've actually had a pretty good offense the past couple years. It's been the defense that screwed them, which is I think the reason why everybody hated Mike Zimmer so much because he's supposedly a defensive guy. So I'd be very curious to see, if that defense improves at all, to see if that boosts them into the playoffs, but I, I do expect I do expect with the offense with Kevin O'Connell, if he does bring that Ram system, they'll take a step forward as well there. But I feel like the end those couple last wild card spots are going to be up for grabs for a lot of teams in the NFC. Is it's just not as loaded as it seems like the AFC is. All right, that will do it for us today. We will be back <laughs> next Monday live. We will have a podcast dropping on Friday, but no more live shows for the week as we are all taking a little bit of time off. So we will see all of your happy faces again here next Monday. Where well, What are we going to be talking about? Who's next week? <sighs>
3: Sure, put the person who made the schedule on the spot. I'm pretty five. sure.
1: Hey, usually you're right. John, I'm on pretty spot. sure I'm like, it's the AFC
3: about? South. Well, I thought you were prepared. Uh, our next show we're talking be, about. I'm the pretty sure it's the AFC South. Lions,
1: Lions and who there. am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting? The Lions and the, the now, so and the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. Oh, Justin, Bears,
3: oh it's my. And then I was right. It is the AFC South. So it'll be Monday. Next Monday will be the Titans and the Colts. Oh, God. We should have done that
1: show as a record so we don't have to see our face of disgust as we discuss those teams. Anyways,
3: we will be back. I'm I'm all about the Colts. They have my hero, Jonathan Taylor. They have my secondary hero, Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor. He's amazing. So we'll be back on They have your hero, Frank Reich. Uh,
1: That's my best friend. (laughs) Friday's episode, podcast only, will be the Lions and the Bears, the Bears. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Everybody have yourselves a great day, and we'll catch you guys next week.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came like the line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw going up above his head. They can't jump with me, Golly. Oh, they tackle him four 40 Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>